Hey, good morning, Tim. Uh, your, your counterpart there, State Rep. Houston Gaines, an historic legislative session. He rattled off some of what was done on taxes, other issues as well. You share that assessment? Oh, I do, Tim. I mean, you think about, you know, we've been, we kind of <laughs> came to a, a grind. It was felt like a grind a little bit because, I mean, you think about what this, you know, really the, the world has been through in the last two years and then really bring it home to Georgia and, you know, I, I take it back to 2020 and, you know, we're going through a normal session. I think you're going into a normal election year and, you know, the, the world comes to a halt and you go back in June to finish that session up. And then, you know, that summer, golly, it was just so weird for everybody. And you go into an election and then a 21 session and fall session last year. And it's just been a grind. But you think about everything we've been through and for our state to be in a position I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people are comparing things to you know, DeSantis gets a lot of headlines right now. He's done a great job. But you think about what we've done in a state that, uh, you know, is theoretically purple and be able to manage the economy and our health at the same time, put us in a position of of not, not only the tax cut, but a, a tax refund as as well as a, a very robust and, and uh important budget. I mean, it is it is absolutely historic and uh, just really proud to be part of it. All right, let's talk taxes for a quick moment here. You mentioned the, the refunds, the rebates that will be coming our way. I don't know if we yet know the mechanism for that, but at some point, uh, married couples filing jointly going to get the $500, uh, individual filers, 250 Generally, that's how it's going to shake out. Uh, there were those who wanted to go farther. There were those who wanted to eliminate the state income tax altogether. Uh, did that ball get moved down the field any farther at all, or are we still kind of where we are moving forward with that? Well, where where that got moved forward is, uh, you know, one of the first things you have to do to make that more feasible is to flatten the tax. And that's exactly what we did, and we were able to accomplish that. You know, there was, uh, you know, a lot of hard work got put into that. You know, uh, uh, Shaw Blackman, chairs of what Chairways and Means, worked very closely, obviously, with the Senate and worked tirelessly to get that to the finish line. Um, and what that does is it allows us, as we move forward, it makes it a lot easier for, for us to get closer and closer to doing away with it. If you look at how some of the other states have handled that in the past and how they've gotten there, we basically are taking the same steps. So we took a great step forward in that. Um, you know, I don't think that that's something – I think we talked about it before in that session. I don't think that's something that you can just out of nowhere just whack, right, and get rid of. Um, but I think that we took a critical step in getting towards that. All right, again, State Rep O'Coney, O'Coney County State Rep Marcus Weedauer with us. Uh, the election reform legislation, there are those who say that didn't go far enough. I got Butch Miller out there in the Senate running for lieutenant governor. He and others want to eliminate those drop boxes, uh, get rid of those altogether. Again, that didn't happen, but is that something you would agree with? Is that something that maybe should happen moving forward? Well, you know, I've spoke to the Senate Bill 202, you know, countless times. I think that we... I think we did exactly what we needed to do. Now, you know, do I think that uh, there's a really a point in drop boxes? No, but they exist, but they exist in a very, very confined setting. Um, and I hate to say you might as well have done away with them, but you might as well have done away with them, right? I mean, they're in a facility. You have to walk in the front door and drop your ballot in the box. You could just as easily hand it to the clerk. So, um, you know, as far as them being out on the street corner, that has been eliminated. Um, middle of the night drop-offs, that's been eliminated. So, I, you know, I think we've done what we needed to do. 
We did it in Senate Bill 202, and I'm happy to do it. We did pass the uh, a portion where the GBI, should they feel like, you know, there's something they need to look into, they have jurisdiction to do so. Um, it doesn't take a local elections board to ask for them to come in anymore. Uh, they are allowed to come in on their own accord should they feel like they have seen enough evidence to be able to do it themselves. And I think that's, I think that's an important trigger, and, and uh, glad we got that done for sure. Right, you mentioned trigger. Governor Brian Kemp signing the gun bill today. He's going to go to a gun shop in Douglasville and sign the so-called constitutional carry legislation. Essentially allows people who are lawfully allowed to carry a gun anyway to do so in Georgia without the need for a state permit. Uh, you voted yes on that. You're good with the way that one turned out. Yeah, and again, I mean, you talk about a piece of legislation that gets a different you know connotation, obviously, in the headlines, right? People still have there's still background checks when you get through, and what you're going to see is. As usual, law-abiding citizens are going to do lawful things, right? And they're going to, uh, you know, people are still going to go get their their permit license because it actually allows them, you know, uh, it, it makes the smooth transition when you're purchasing a gun, um, you know. But all the safeguards are still in place that anybody would be concerned about. It just simply means that you don't have to pay the government to own a gun. Period. Somebody were to ask me, uh, State Rep. Marcus Weedauer, hey, Tim, what surprised you in the legislative session? I thought that online sports gambling might actually make it across the finish line, uh, which is to say pass the legislature and go before the voters in the form of a constitutional uh, amendment. I mean, the Friday the session, the Friday before the last Monday of the session, that looked like something that was feasible. And come Monday, it didn't get there. What happened? And did it surprise you? Well, you know, it, it didn't surprise me, and here's why. I mean, there's there's a lot of unrest with that. It, it's, it's a slippery slope in a lot of people's minds. And, you know, once sports betting, then this, and then that. You know, so I think there's some hesitation there across the board. I did. I think it had more legs this year than before, absolutely. Um, does it surprise me? No. I mean, I, I think I've got to the point where nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable how something can come off the rails really quickly um, or be put on the rails, quite frankly, really quickly. Um, so, you know, I, it, it is what it is there. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the argument is, is that people are already doing it. So let's, you know, collect taxes on it um, and regulate it. I think that's a good argument. Uh, but obviously, you know, there is some concern there. I mean, I've been very open about it. I mean, I'm, I'm anti-bricks and mortar casinos and i don't want to do anything that quite frankly opens the door to that so um but you know i think the sports gambling thing was probably a uh, more of a safer path, but I can understand some hesitation there. Yeah, I, I would also say I was surprised, and, and rightly so, because it wasn't a standalone mm -hmm. bill. It was added to one very late, I mean very late, like midnight uh, of the last day of the session. The the bill designed to protect uh, girls' sports in Georgia, essentially saying that guys don't get to compete against girls in those sports. Two things. I'm surprised y'all got it done, and I'm surprised there's objection. Now, should I be surprised by either of those things? Well, I mean, again, going back to my statement, I'm not being surprised by anything. I mean, I, uh, you know, what's really interesting in legislation, obviously, is things get tacked on to, to all sorts of things, and you got to really have your head on a pivot, especially those last couple of days. Um, I'm, I, I don't know why there's objection to it. Um, I think that, uh, my goodness, we, we've gotten very inclusionary on everything, you know, but a biological male playing sport against a biological female, I don't know why anybody really argues that. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad we got it done in the manner in which it got done. 
you know, G-Sims, I'll tell you one of the things I'm most proud of in this <clears throat> session is a piece of legislation that, of course, won't get any headlines, right? And that's, you know, I do a lot with foster care. And, you know, we got organizations in Walk like like the one in Watkinsville named Lydia's Place where, you know, they're, they're helping foster youth that are aging out of foster care. And it's a piece of legislation that allows you to basically it gives you a direct dollar for dollar tax credit if you want to give to one of those organizations for your state income tax. And, you know, those are people that need it most. I mean, you're talking about literally kids that end up homeless because they age out of foster care and have absolutely nothing. Right. But I bring that up because, you know, that was a bill I was working on. Um, it was coming across from the Senate. And heck, the next thing I know, I'm sitting in rules, and it's we tacked it on to something else. And I had to go running across the room, being like, "Hey, that's my bill," <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and and I kind of catch the car, if you will. Um, so, you know, things like that happen. Um, in that case, you know, for this for House Bill 424, which uh, you know the Fostering Success Act, uh, you know, it, you know, I'm I'm so glad it got tacked on to something, right? Because it got across the finish line, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's what it takes. Um, and, and you just don't know, you know, why something might stall out. Somebody just might decide they don't like the idea and they stall it out, but you find another way to get it through. And that's just that's basically what happened here. Our State Rep. Marcus Weedauer, Republican Oconee County, skates through the Republican primary in six weeks without opposition there. Democratic opposition, gentleman by the name of Jeff Arbach in November. We'll reach out to him at some point between now and then. We'll talk again soon as well, Representative Weedauer. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Sam. Have a great day.